0: Hey folks, how are we doing? It's a better week this week I hope anyway uh, What's to say? I'm tired I'm tired I was just telling my guests that I have to go Not have to, I want to I choose to go to bed early Because I'm up at 5 in the morning To uh, work Get to work Not at work at 5 in the morning But I get up at 5 in the morning to go to work Um, and, uh, so in making sure I feel well-rested for the day, I end up going to sleep a little early, but that's okay because, uh, I'd rather be well-rested than stay up later than I do. It's 10 o'clock. It's not, it's not super late, but in, uh, I remember when I was younger, like in high school and stuff like that, that. Staying up till ten o'clock, it's like ooh, that's it, you know. Like you're only cool if you stayed up till midnight or whatever. At least that's what I, that's what I thought. I I, I thought I had to stay up to midnight to be cool or later than that, like three in the morning, and then would get up and go to school for seven a.m. and all this stuff. And it's like, mm, nah, I'd rather get eight hours. Now I get seven, but still, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Anyway, um. I don't have much to say this week so I'm just gonna go ahead and get into it it's like I said it's a little late for me and I wanted to get this up for you mm, that sounded wrong I didn't mean to say it that way but I wanted to get the episode up for you so you could listen to it on your maybe your Friday morning commute to work if you're able to or your drive home or while you're working out or I don't know what you're doing But uh, whatever you're doing, I appreciate you listening to this episode. Um, It is a good one, as always. Um, This one is with my friend Seth Decker. We met through a mutual friend while I was in college and um, hit it off well. Um, And uh, since knowing him, he's um, become not only a musician, he was a musician when I knew him and still is, um, and we talk about that. But uh he's become an avid filmmaker and editor and a podcaster. And we talk about all his podcasts that he sh- is uh producing and uh hosting. And uh it was just a overall great conversation, very film driven, very um not like talking about our favorite movies or anything like that, but just the um the world of creating them and the, in the life that we have chosen to live as if it's some kind of epic quest that we're on. Regardless, he was a great guest. Uh, and uh, it was a pleasure to talk to him. It was nice to catch up. Um, if nothing else quarantine uh, has forced people in a positive way or in a good way to, um, catch up with those that they haven't gotten to see. So it was nice to, uh, talk to him and, uh, get to uh see what he's up to and um be happy for him because i am it's exciting what he's been doing and hearing about it and yeah that's it so uh like i said short intro um i'd rather just get to it so without further ado sit back relax focus on the road if you're driving and uh, enjoy the show with seth decker Listening to a lot of professionals and how you know they interview and and just trying to get better at it and you know learning and all that good stuff and sure. um, one of the things was of course researching so I was like oh let me re- let me refresh my memory on Seth not that I forgot who you were or something but you know <laughs> you uh, you interact with different people and like let me just run down. so I wrote some stuff down whatever and I was just listening to your uh, album and stuff right before you came on so it was oh, like wow. yeah one singing vo- your singing voice right into now your speaking voice so I've but uh yeah it was great a transition yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hadn't listened to it since it came out whatever two three years ago whatever and yeah. I, it, I was like reminded I'm like wow he really did a great album so kudos to you guys well, you, you did something nice
1: yeah. Well, that's funny. That was, uh, I think if I remember correctly, the first podcast you and I ever did together was me pl- starting to plug. I, I think that I sent you guys some of the demos that we had at the time. And it was like two years later that the album actually came out. It was like such a long process.
0: Yes, that's right. I remember, yeah, I was thinking the same thing because, um, yeah, you, you were talking about it and then I'm, we kept saying like, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? you're like, yeah, yeah, soon, soon, soon. Um, But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the demos. And you also um, wrote us a few little pieces for um, our pilot that we were attempting to make.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I I do remember that. That's right.
0: Yeah, like little stingers um, that we used in in between. And uh, they worked great for the show. Unfortunately, we just didn't go farther with creating it. Um, We... It, it literally was like a like a real um case of like the studio but in this case the school wanted something a little bit more pg pg13 and we were kind of going more like not necessarily hard r but we wanted to be able to kind of say or do whatever we wanted yeah um and so we're like we'll just do it ourselves and then it just kind of fell apart so
1: it happens i i look at any kind of project like that as practice like even just from my end <clears throat> being able to play around with the music aspect of it was really fun but you know also getting into into filmmaking afterwards I, anything that i've done that i didn't put out there i'm like yeah it was good practice though
0: that's how i think about it too yeah it's it, everything's a learning curve and learning tool i should say and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. yeah there they, you know it stinks when you can't put it out i wrote something not too long ago um About six or eight months ago And uh, really liked it Another kind of pilot attempt um, And uh, I was pitching it to An actor friend of mine Who we were We kind of came up With the concept together And I went and wrote it Whatever And then just You know Haven't heard from him He lives in New York I'm here in Jersey And it was kind of like I don't know What happened He vanished I don't know Whatever it was But uh, Hmm. So I have this Now unproduced script I mean It would have needed Some edits and whatever But we were prepping to do like a um, read through and with some of the other cast members, cause I had everybody kind of precasted and, uh, sure. and it just, yeah, it just never came together. And it is what it is. I mean, it was more, I look at it as script practice, you know? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: That's kind of the, the best practice. I think scripting is definitely one of my my weaker ends of things, I, I tend to rely on writing teams, you know, at least, you know, two or three other people that I can kind of go, I have an idea, I need to figure out how to turn this into something a normal person could read and say, yes, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yes, yeah, that and and, <laughs> and I found for me, I'm the same way. And I found that you have to kind of, you need somebody that can kind of hone you in a little bit, or yeah. like pull on the reins a little. And uh, I can be that for other people, but I can't always be that for myself.
1: Isn't that weird? I'm the same way. I totally get that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's I think it's because you get to be objective and uh right. and it's it's less yours so you're kind of not afraid to be like this isn't going to work, you know? Um but uh yeah, so like the the short that I'm hoping to shoot in August, we've been working on since March. Um I we, we wrote it kind of as like a writer's room style. We outlined it ourselves with a, like a literal whiteboard. And mm. then I took those notes and did a draft and then we just kind of built off that draft or whatever. And, and, uh, I loved that process. I'm, I'm one of those. I don't care about who gets credit as long as it's the correct credit, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. You know, like if somebody didn't help on it, then they don't deserve credit. But if 10 of us wrote the script then all 10 of us should be credited is how I feel.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean and and like little like the there there's always a term for something in movies, like somebody's invented it already. And you know, if I if I send a script off to a friend and I go, Hey, do you have any like like they don't actually write anything but they'll put in pointers of like this is, you know, incoherent or this is hard to understand or I I'm not uh visualizing this well. I still see that kind of stuff as like I don't I don't know if that if the right term for it is like, you know, script supervising or um you know, crea- creative writing or or what the exact kind of thing is, but those people tend to be very helpful for me and I'll have five or six people with eyeballs on the script without actually touching it but then kind of like you i need you know a, a team of other people that can actually physically get in there and, and be typing into the script
0: yeah i i guess i i've heard the term as script doctor um there you go. before like Car- carrie fisher i know was a script doctor for a lot of people mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and uh yes but yeah 100 percent agree uh it's, it's nice to have, you know, and it's a fine line too. I'm sure you you would feel the same way as far as, um, too many cooks in the kitchen and just the right amount of people. Um, as far as, you know, I, I, I'm not saying necessarily for, throw as many people as you want to read it, but when it comes down to like making the decisions, you know, you don't want like all these people, it's like, I'm the one that's going to make decisions, but I'll take everybody's feedback. You know, right. or whatever,
1: especially if you're going to be the one to go on to direct it to right. uh, ha- having some kind of final authority figure in that process. And maybe maybe even not specifically you just giving that ability to somebody else to be like, no, nah, I, I have a vision for this and we do need to lean this way. Um, that can be really helpful for keeping things from going off the rails too much.
0: <clears throat> do you do you find like in the scripts that you have written that um it's you like you write it in such a specific way that if you're choosing to direct it you're like the only person that can direct it because like for me I write almost almost like screenplay format but they're more notes to myself too like you don't normally put camera shots in it for example but like I'll do something like that or very specific movement of an actor, which is not necessarily common, but I'm doing that for future me to remember that. Do you do you do something like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was Shane Black that I heard or read about that writes their scripts in ways that, um, there's almost a meta nature to them. It's almost like the, the, the writer. Telling you what is in the script rather than the like just reading it and interpreting yourself and i'm I'm definitely that way uh i'll actually do <clears throat> before I k- take a script to a team. My last short film's a great example of this that's not out yet, and I cannot promise when it will be out <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be able to plug that, but uh no promises on that one, but that was a really fun project because it was the first one that I funded myself and I had the the treatment. Of w- what basically turned into the storyboard and the script all in one, and then as I started to parse things out with the the cinematographer and the other writers, that you could see, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, another writer go through and they'll like clip out all the camera notes and be like, okay, we have some more space on the page, and I'm like, damn, I needed that. Um, <laughs> glad that I gave that to a, to a, the cinematographer before that happened. I, I totally get that, and sometimes I'll, I'll put in notes that are. Maybe confusing to read, but then I know that day of I'll be able to maybe act it out for, you know, one of the actors or, you know, um, who DP or whoever and be like, this is what I mean when I put in this note and you'll see like things start to click. And look, I, I'm thinking of one specifically where I said um, somebody taps a gun to the side of their head as if to say, now you get the idea. And no one understood what the note meant until the day of. And I literally got into place and acted out and I was like, huh? And all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, OK, I know exactly what you mean. Maybe I just didn't know how to explain it correctly. But I I know what you mean when you're talking about uh that kind of that kind of direction in a script.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, too. It just made me think of it. I'm. I'm uh, trying to read more and um, uh, I decided I was going to read the Harry Potter books. I hadn't read them before. I've seen the movies a whole bunch of times and all this stuff. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I'm on book five and uh, it's interesting reading, like obviously J.K. Rowling was able to go a lot deeper in detail with things Mm-hmm. um, then you could in a movie, things get cut, whatever. So it's interesting to see how she describes somebody that I'm sure in the script just had, you know, one line of thing where she could take a whole paragraph to describe a place or a person or something. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see how different mediums, um, kind of react and, and interpret, uh, things. And, and, and yeah.
1: Do you think there's, do you think there's a reverse, formula in there when you're going to make the movie version that you can read something maybe like that in a script you know a a three paragraph paragraph description of Hermione and then go yeah this isn't really important for a movie this doesn't translate well blah 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 and like do you think there's a reverse formula in there for for negotiating I guess what all actually needs to be in the film and how much is like just kind of imagination fuel well
0: yeah I I, it's interesting because uh the like when it comes to characters I, I don't know if you know with like when they did curse child it's now been played by a african-american actress right. and people she jk rowling has since come out with a lot of different things where she's kind of almost retconning her own work um <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah uh, and basically saying like oh well it doesn't specifically say she's not african-american you know kind of thing and when you go back, and I obviously I just read it not too long ago, I'm like, she's kind of right. It doesn't specifically say, oh, she's a white girl, she's a black girl, she's a whatever. She just says, yeah, it's a girl with buck teeth and big hair. And so I think that it's just that we're so used to it being a so, such a certain way because in our minds, like, I haven't found, because I'll watch the movie after I finish the book, and I haven't found a casting that's been bad yet. And... answer your question I think yeah they could they can look at it and go okay the attributes will you keep using Hermione okay she needs she needs big curly hair and I know they tried the teeth at first in fact um, the last scene of the first movie on the train she has them in she has like these fake (laughs) buck teeth if you go back and watch it and that was the first thing they shot and they quickly realized it's not going to work so they're like we'll just take that part out and same with the green eyes for Harry he had to wear contacts And, uh, yeah, so they just, I think they just find what's the most visually important to the character or what's something that is going to be, you know, kind of just done in subtext. And I think they just kind of have to figure out what's said and what's shown. Does that, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think Harry Potter is a great example of, of, I think the, the realization of what was on the page, and and even going off of like um, illustrations that were in the books. Are you are you reading them electronically or uh, physical media?
0: Um, kind of both, depending if I'm at work or at
1: home. Oh, there you go. Because um, I know I read. I I didn't even read them until I was like eighteen or nineteen. I come out of like a Bible belt background, so uh, I was assured that they were of the devil and then <laughs> <laughs> reading them in my teens. I was like, these were really fun. I would have loved these as a child. This is sa- sad. I didn't get to read them, but um, the version I was reading had uh, illustrations in between the chapters. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really impressed at how they, the, the illustrations were kind of like Roald doll style, but they translated really well into what we got in the movies. And that, that, Aspect's always been a little impressive to me there's always like nitpicking you can do but like there's definitely a visual aesthetic for that series that is undeniable and kind of hard to reproduce yeah
0: yeah no you're right because i i they show you the pictures obviously in the book and then also the digital they'll transfer them and uh the only one i feel like that hasn't perfectly matched but it's not even that off was snape Cause they gave yeah. in the books, they gave him a bit of a goatee type of thing and a little more like balding on the top. But other than that, it's pretty much like everyone's been pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, of course I'm picturing the movie characters anyway, because it's easier to visualize that. Oh, uh, sure. But, uh, it was interesting cause my brother's reading or was reading them as well. We were, he was ahead of me and I think I passed him, but I said to him, I'm like, when you read it, which Dumbledore do you picture because obviously they had to change actors and stuff mm. and they kind of played them different. And uh, cause I picture Michael Gambon, the second one, cause he's yeah. my preferred Dumbledore. Um, but he's like, Oh, I, I don't picture either one of them. He's like, I think he's different in the book than in the movies from either one of them. And so he's like, I kind of just picture like a, a combination, I guess, of the two.
1: Sure. What do you think is the, the best book to, film adaptation of like specifically what you imagined the book to be and then what you got for the film um i would say pretty much beat for beat
0: this was the first one um
1: oh no i mean any any film or any oh, any book oh, to film anything not, that you read first and then saw the film and you were like damn they damn well na- like nailed it
0: it there aren't many, I'll be honest. Um <laughs> uh most of the time it's I'll just watch the movie. Um I I have done it the other way where I did Forrest Gump because uh I was and still am a big fan of the movie. And I was when I like in my like late teens, whatever, I found out it was a book, I was like, what? I have to read this. So I read it. It was probably the fastest I ever read a book. And that was vastly different i mean they made him out to be like a giant of a man like a simple giant type of thing and mm. you know the story beats are different and all that kind of stuff but i kind of liked that um because then it wasn't just like oh i'm just reading it. i might as well just read the script if it was just the same thing sure you know so i kind of liked they're different and um in a way i kind of like that the going back to Harry Potter, I kind of like they're different too, because I've seen the movies dozens of times. So now it's like, Oh, well that's different. I, I, that's a story plot that wasn't in it, you know, or an element that wasn't in it. So that's kind of cool and refreshing.
1: (coughs) Excuse me. No problem. (coughs) I've just had this like nasal drip thing. That's been, it's, it's allergies or something. I don't know. Um, what i was going to say though before i started coughing was <laughs> my so i read the chronicles of narnia books as a child and then again as like a preteen mm-hmm. and then i think sometime in the early 2000s they started doing the the disney remakes disney got it right am i, um, am I mistaken or no the walden yeah whoever did the most recent run of them right um but the uh, the the one uh, I, I don't think any any of those movies have really done like total justice to the books yet, especially because they haven't got to any of the interesting books yet. Right. But uh, Voyage of the Don Treader, I think, was the last one they got to before they kind of got shit canned. And that was that movie was exactly the way I imagined it, reading it as a kid reading the book. And that was a almost surreal experience for me in the theater, just like, oh, my God, it's like they yanked my imagination out of my head for this book. This is insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like when that kind of stuff works out. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah, I uh, I've have you have you written any um, like I know you said you wrote scripts and stuff, but do you ever experiment with like writing like short stories or even like longer form stuff?
1: Yeah, um, so I worked on a. You know what uh, Nano Remo is? I do not. Okay, so Nano Remo is this uh, month long writing kind. Uh, it's it's kind of like No uh, um, uh, Movember, No No Mustache, or Mustache November. It's like one of the, it's like kind of a cultural thing that everyone comes around, and the idea is it's for writers to write fifty pages a day for a month. Hmm. So you you buckle down for a month and just write 50 pages of whatever uh, every day for a month. And then the idea is if you've stuck to one thing, you've written or rewritten. Rewriting still counts. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're basically done a project. And it's like, hey, if you did nothing else this year, you did NaNoWriMo, you finished or got close to finishing a project. And I never did it, but I was always interested in it. And from it, I started this like um, – this like short story series and I had just seen the road and wanted to do this like dystopian tales, short story book. Um, I am I'm sure I have it saved on a, on a Google drive somewhere. Basically I wrote the story about a kid hunting a rabbit in what turns out to be like post-apocalyptic Russia. And he gets attacked by, uh, a radioactive bear and tiger who have been like got out of the zoo eventually and have kind of mutated and, um, just kind of like a, a like slice of life kind of survivalist story that I, I think short stories are where I'm best. Um, long form, I just get stuck in the weeds.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I was just writing a,
0: one the other day. I, I don't know about you, but I, I can't type very fast. Um, I just never took to, I guess, doing typing class. We had it, but I just never, I guess, mastered it. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of the old, I like the old school, like just legal pad and and go like with a pen, cross out, whatever. So I started writing this like idea, but it wasn't, it was one of those that I kind of just like, it came to me, you know, or to give more better context, I, I'll like on my notes app on my phone, like come up a little concept, throw it in there, whatever, and never look at it. Well, I happened to be cleaning it out the one the other day and I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's kind of a good idea. So like, let me see what I can come up with. And I wrote like two, three pages on it. And I liked where it was going and but then i i quickly kind of got stuck on it but uh i do like write writing short stories and it's i don't know that i could ever write a full novel i i don't know that i could like i i feel the same way about feature films where i'm like how am i supposed to i've I've written one but i'm like how how do people do this like i think shorts are sometimes hard enough let alone you know a 90 plus page script but right yeah
1: feature films are i think that's that's definitely a learned thing i i i've i've never i've never heard of anyone like their the first script they write is like a is like ready to be shot feature film regardless of how many drafts they do it's like a, a kind of muscle that needs practice sure um i mean it's it's the same for you know any kind of script writing but specifically like the feature length thing i think is has to be done in chunks you have to figure out like what you want from it you have to figure out what you don't like in movies and and see if you've done anything like that within your script to to kind of change or cut out or i'm I'm a very meta thinker so i'm always going like am i doing this because it's an easy trope or is this something that i could do differently and it would improve things or is it a good trope to use i'm always thinking that way
0: do you uh do you kind of go with like um, what's the wording like I, I kind of go with the right which you know like that old trope of right which you know and uh, but I also kind of tacked on right which you have access to which I think is something that Robert Rodriguez has always pushed um, mm. especially in his earlier work and uh, it's kind of stuck with me it's it's between him and then like the Kevin Smith approach of like if nobody else is gonna bet on you you kind of have to bet on yourself and right uh, so between those two i kind of like you know when i i did a short last year that's kind of doing a little film festival thing now um it was specifically written to be in w- pretty much one location pretty much written for like an actor friend of mine like i wrote it you know based on a loose version of where i was at in my life and career and then um sure. you know like this year my one producer on the project with me who basically created the concept with me we're using his house for the project and like it was kind of very specific to that so do you do you find you do that kind of stuff too uh
1: no (laughs) um (laughs) i should is is the the correct answer to that question um no i i tend to i love research i think is is a big aspect of filmmaking for me i love research i really love like i'll get an idea and it's it's big and it's huge. Um, OK, so so for instance, something I'm in the middle of right now, uh, I haven't titled it or anything, but it's it's basically it's going to sound like a sci fi channel thing. But the way that I'm trying to execute it is a little more mm, subtle, uh, but it's basically Vikings versus Bigfoots. OK. Which that's obviously not going to be the title, um, right. but the idea is it's kind of like a a winter survivalist story, and I mean you know I'm sure I could get access to winter woodlands uh, at some point during the year to shoot this kind of thing if I wanted to, but the I, I the the place where I got stuck up was like. Well, if I'm going to do this, I want to do this right. I want there to be like, you know, lore and and things like that and behind it because there's not going to be a lot of spoken dialogue because we're talking about Vikings here. So then I'm like, oh, let me let me do some research. And as I as I go back into the research, I'm like, oh, my God, Vikings were complicated people. OK, well, back to the drawing board. Because I'm I'm not writing from what I know. I'm just writing from like you know images in my head, and then I'll go back and go, okay, well I think I've got my my team of people down here. So let's let's switch back to the Bigfoot. Let me get into Bigfoot lore, and it's like Bigfoot lore ties into like UFOs and like you know ancient aliens and and all this other kind of stuff. Depending on where you're reading, and then you know it's the kind of thing where uh, I wrote you know a really breezy 75 pages. And then was like, OK, so let me make sure this isn't just, you know, sci-fi channel shit and went back and was like, oh, this is just sci-fi channel shit. I know nothing about this. But then in doing the research, I'm refining and it's it's kind of like that, um, you know, think think outside of the box is a great term. But eventually you have to stuff everything into a box because it has to be contained within 90 minutes and a script length and you know you need parameters so i'll i'll start big and then start finding the little boxes to put the ideas into that help me uh secure them down into into what i'm doing but if if i shot for what i knew, I, I guess i just don't get create like creatively inspired for something to shoot around in my house or my neighborhood or something like that it just doesn't grab me it's not the stuff i watch either normally yeah i just I, the the kinds of things that i watch aren't normally you know, shot for, you know, what what people know, Um, I I tend to be into the more like um, fantastical or old, old time, old history or sci fi, like I I tend to stray away from life as I know it. And maybe that's just escapism. But I think that's why I'm drawn to telling stories set in, you know, kind of fantastical uh, locations and, and time periods and settings.
0: If I remember correctly, and I'm, obviously you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you you didn't start out wanting to do film, or or did you?
1: No. Uh, well, I say that I've also been going back through my like my history. I totally forgot that like during the early 2000s, I was really into flash animation. Um, so I've I've been doing storytelling of some kind my whole life. Uh, music was was the big push for me through my like later teens into my twenties. But yeah, filmmaking I didn't even really get into until I realized that I really enjoyed film more than just watching them. When I, when I was like, when I realized I was watching a movie and then immediately going to IMDB to look up background and then YouTube for any kind of like behind the scenes footage. And, and I, I was just quickly became obsessed with the background of filming um, and like even, even the music video that, that you and I shot together a lot, I was way more interested in watching what you were doing than thinking about what I was doing.
0: So it's funny that you brought that up because I, um, I was th- you know, again, going through like notes and things like that. I'm like, Oh yeah, we did that music video together. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I have to say, and I've, we've hung out in between, but since making that, I felt so bad because because i felt like i dropped the ball on it and like obviously like all right i think it was the first time for everybody all that stuff but oh sure but there was such a like we were supposed to film in this other room and then um you know like it turned out there like i was able to rent it out but then they're like oh haha we're having an open house today so you can you maybe use that one and then um so we're now we're in this different room and then we had the you know, we were kind of making it up as we go. I, it was like me and Patrick because he was nice enough to come and help me because my classmates didn't show up. <laughs> and it was just like a big mess. And then with the edit, um, I felt like, I don't know, It just it could have been so much better. So uh, at one point I was like, is Seth mad at me that I like no. made this thing?
1: <laughs> no, not at all. That's as funny. You say that, too, because that's how exactly how my first music video went when I got into into filming. Um, and, and that one ended up not even coming out. I was doing it for myself. I was like, I I could figure out how to do this. And I, t- it took me some practice. Let me tell you that. Um, but no, that it's funny you say that. Cause I remember getting the finished product and, and going, damn, we really didn't do well enough for Dan to even be able to sync our song to what we were performing that day. I was blaming it all on our drummer. Cause I was like, I, we couldn't hear and you were off beat. And that threw the whole thing off because there's like, you know, these like little slices of, of mistiming. And, you know, in, in hindsight, it's probably all of the above. Right. right. But, um, no, I was, I was never mad. I, I was just genuinely shocked you were willing to give up a whole day to, to shoot for, you know, peanuts. I don't even think we paid you, did we?
0: Well, no, but that, it was kind of like a, uh, scratch my back, scratch your back because yeah. I was, I had to do a v- music video for a project. You wanted a music video anyway for publicity or for whatever. So it was just kind of helping each other out. And, uh, yeah, I remember something about the drummer. You were saying that he kept changing something or, you know, we, yeah. we, we realized, we realized after we needed like a temp, a a, a track that you guys just played to. Yeah. We didn't have that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In, in future projects, I figured out that what, what we, what you need is an in-ear system for all of the musicians, um, that they can just play along to the exact track. And then from there, everything kind of takes care of itself. If somebody goes off, not everybody's off at the same time. So you have enough footage to piecemeal together at the end
0: right and uh if i was to do it again and it was something i wanted to do anyway because i like music videos that are more like story driven than just Mm -hmm. like watching them play and i think it was something we might have talked about or i had had at least thought of but again with time and crew and all this other stuff and it was getting down to the wire i was like all right let me just we just kind of came up with i think it was like a jam session type of video or whatever um but uh yeah i mean I like it. I'll watch it. I'll show about it or uh, show people. I mean, that kind of thing. But again, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, it's all a learning curve. So um, I know the next one should hopefully be better.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, that's again, you know, one of those things I look back on is like, well, that was really good practice for all of us. We all got to kind of figure out what, what this is like and, and to not have to figure that out in front of other people down the line, you know what I mean, like like you said, it was kind of both of our first times giving it a try, so it felt like going into the next one I was like, okay, I've got a little experience anyways i can I can kind of you know play my way around this if I need to, and that's that's always important to me if if I'm ever scared that I signed on to a project, I'm not going to be able to to really do anything with i'll try to to at least practice my part, whatever it is before I get into it i've you know kind of filled a lot of hats over the years. And some of them have been, um, you know, a a 10 gallon when I was expecting them to be, uh, you know, a a baseball hat.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, you learn very quickly on these kinds of things, especially these smaller ones where, like you said, you're wearing these big hats, multiple hats, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I certainly learned that on this last project. I mean, it was, it was probably the most successful project or shoot I've had despite you know, we had to change cinematographers almost every day just for scheduling issues. And it was about mm. matching and it was this, and it was like little things, but overall, I mean, like all the actors showed up who needed to be, you know, the story came across the way it needed to. Obviously I think it was built in the edit in a lot mm. of ways, um, Greg and I worked on it for quite a while. Um, and, uh, yeah, but all good things that I can now take. And now, you know, I always say this to my two friends there, um, Chris and Liz, they're, they're a couple and we, we kind of work together now on, on stuff. They're, they're like my team. And, uh, I said to them, I'm like the unfortunate thing, but also kind of the, the, the thing to kind of look forward to is so the the short I just did is called life undefined. I'm like, unfortunately life undefined has to be the worst thing I make (laughs) because the goal, I mean, the hope is right. You obviously not everything's going to be a winner, but you would hope that at least overall you're like on an upward trajectory so i'm like in 20 years from now if i'm lucky to still be doing that even if it's just shorts i hope that the 20 year from now short is better than the last year's short
1: yeah i don't i don't i don't want to say it's impossible because i know neil breen exists but i feel like it's kind of impossible to not get better at things especially if if you're really good at looking back over what you did um that Like uh, having breakout sessions or, you know, kind of a uh, some kind of debriefing, I think afterwards, I, I've done that on all of my projects. It's it's rough a little bit because it's like the worst time to criticize you, or it. It feel it feels the worst to be criticized immediately when you're done working on something that, you know, was near and dear to you. But then that's that's it's so fresh. And when you take those notes, that's the the nostalgia and hindsight doesn't have a a chance to infect when what you're looking back on like I I think um, I do the 72 hour film fest in uh, Frederick every year I've done it three years running now and the first year it was like negatives looking back over it. I was like, oh, our lighting was bad here. And like, I was the one operating the camera and I had no business operating a camera and directing at the same time. And we, we didn't take enough, like, you know, build up time to make sure everyone was going to be there and available for it. And just all these negatives. There's like one, one shot in it that pops out to me at the end. I was like, all right, I got one good shot out of it. Then the next project we did, I did all the, the you know before setup, I I made sure that we we're going to have enough actors and the crew was going to be able to be there and I had somebody that could operate the camera so I could direct and uh, the the whole project went really 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 well up until the edit because we hadn't left it enough time for us to edit so then looking back I was like well I have seventy percent negatives. Towards this project, and then the one that we did last year, I was like down to like a like a solid forty percent of negatives. I was like, this was actually mostly good. So, um, and then the the most recent project that I'm that I'm uh, in post production for now, this one, I'm like, I've I've got it down to like twenty percent. I'm going, yeah, there's some blocking issues here and there, but like the performances are there, and we have good sound all around, and uh, all the shots are are great. We shot in six K, which is insane, and I'm just. Continually on every project, going back and going, all right, so what what can I improve on and then going back to projects uh for everyone to make sure that I did improve on those things the next time um, i I think that's really the the self criticism immediately after working is it's it's rough to get through, but you don't have to like m- relearn lessons as often I think.
0: Yeah. And I, something it's probably silly, but I mean, the the professionals do it and stuff. But I like to record a commentary track to yeah. the project because I'm like, look, if I put it up on YouTube or whatever, but like if nobody watches it, so be it. But at least it's it's a document, I guess, um, a a visual document of me so I can kind of remember or or tell my future self, this is what you did to get this result um, good or bad, and you know now. Oh, okay, that's what I did. All right, I either want to do that again, or I definitely don't want to do that. Right. And I'm glad I have that. You know that uh, lesson to myself. It's kind of like yeah, note note to self in the future.
1: I love listening to other people's commentaries. That's like a that's a big uh, specifically the the creatives behind the project. Like I I watched the um, uh Armageddon. Is the, the Michael Bay film where they go to the mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I listened to the the Ben Affleck commentary for that one, and there's just there's no good information in it. It's just like funny jokes about Michael Bay the whole time. But as enjoyable as that was, I much prefer like you're talking about somebody with like a with like a critical uh eye going back over and going, Oh, this is how we achieved this thing and uh this was really neat, and if there's any kind of like especially on behind the scenes documentaries, if they mention something like that and then it breaks away to footage or photos of the like the jerry rigged thing they did or or how they how they got a certain shot. That's just that is my bread and butter.
0: Yeah, I find that I'm almost nowadays I watch more of that kind of stuff than the movies themselves. <laughs> Because I'm like I'm getting so much more out of I, I'm never gonna watch all these movies and shows, but I'm like maybe I can at least learn something from these things. Sure. So you know and like you kind of alluded to I think at the beginning with YouTube breakdowns and and IMDb and all that kind of stuff. I'm like constantly looking and watching and that stuff, and then um, my my brain is like a sponge for it, so it soaks it all up and yeah um, yeah. But I, I love that stuff.
1: Do do you ever worry that you're the annoying friend that points that stuff out while you're watching a movie with friends? Not not only do I worry, I know that <laughs> I am.
0: <laughs> because well, look, you've been on our uh our movie podcast and stuff how many times were I was just like, well actually uh, <laughs> you know, somebody has to be that guy and I've just accepted that role. Yeah. And yeah. uh it's okay. Um but uh like I said, it's I don't ask me to do certain math problems but you want me to tell you <laughs> when uh, a certain movie came out or if it won an oscar i could probably tell you yeah um, t- don't test me don't put it on the sp- me on the spot but no i'm <laughs> kidding um but uh yeah and people are like how do you remember that stuff and i'm like honestly i don't know it's just what sticks you know and, i think it's because uh, it's
1: it's because it's important to us i think is why yeah you know what i mean like like my my girlfriend's a uh uh, has her master's in data science and like that stuff's important to her. And so it sticks with her. She can she can tell you why one equals zero, just the formula off the top of her head. And I'm like, I, I wish I could do that, but I kind of don't because I really like being able to recite, you know, m- film trivia from uh, from the backseat of a movie sometimes.
0: Yeah, I, um I, I've, I've thought often thought about I'm like, all right, if I didn't want to do Movies or photography, I've expanded to and oh, podcasting, whatever. I'm like, what else would I do? And I'm like, honestly, I don't think I'm good at anything else. Like <laughs> normal people jobs, you right. know. Like when I went to, you know, I was picking colleges and stuff. I I only looked for stuff with film because I'm like, I'm I'm like, maybe I'll do a history teacher. Meh. you know. Like I like I love history, like even more so now. But I'm like, eh, this is this. That's my like you said bread and butter. It's what it's what we're good at.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it just sticks with you. It it interests you. Um, I'm always I'm always looking for like I'm I'm always keeping my ear out for anytime someone mentions that they have like any kind of relation to a certain thing, because I'm like, oh, this is a new perspective for maybe something that nobody knew about. Um, I, I love listening out for that kind of stuff. I, one of the guys that's on my podcast, he's a, um, he's been a gaffer on like a couple of the Marvel movies and the Wonder Woman movie that came out a couple of years ago. Basically, if it shoots in Maryland, he's been on it and just, just like, he doesn't interact with celebrities or anything like that. Really? I, he almost killed Ben Affleck one time, dropping a, uh, a light panel on his head. Almost. Um, I heard that.
0: I heard that. uh
1: just you know that kind of stuff i i'm like that's not in a documentary anywhere you know what i mean that's literally word of mouth from his his experience to me and now it's memorialized on a podcast somewhere um but that's you know those that's like finding you know gold in the river (laughs) like a prospector you're like i'm like one of 10 people who knows this
0: right 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 yeah yeah so i talking about your podcast um uh i so i i was listening to it uh actually funny enough picked the batman versus superman episode um and uh i i was like three hours holy shit now um i was like (laughs) i think the runtime of the episode was almost the exact runtime of the ultimate cut yep was that on purpose or just how it worked out
1: just how it worked out
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, "Holy crap!" I was like, "Are they going minute for minute?" Like before I started it, and then, you know, I've watched because I've I've listened to a couple over the last few uh, seasons. I've kind of picked and choose and stuff, and uh, but yeah, I was like, "Wow!" And that's so when you said the Ben Ben Affleck story, I was like, "I just recently heard this," yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I and some of the some of the stuff that uh, you guys had to say about it, I was like, "Yes, I agree," and then there was other things. Uh, I was like, Wow, that's a little harsh, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, na- nature of the beast um I think is is part of that and and something that i'm I'm very, very quick to iterate whenever I'm faced with, Hey, you were really mean to a movie that I liked. um I like to point out i'm not sorry, but I also fully and earnestly support. Your support of a movie that you like Even if I Absolutely adhorde it If Transformers 2 is your favorite movie I'm glad that that movie Exists for you to enjoy I'm genuinely happy about that Not sorry for what I said about it But I'm genuinely happy because that's that's me on the opposite side of so many things. I left the theater watching the lighthouse going like this might be my new favorite movie of all time. And then a couple of the people that uh, were walking out next to us were like, that was awful. And I'm like, ah, I hate your opinion, but you're welcome to have it. God damn it. Well, and
0: that's the kind of the crazy thing. And I I even hate saying this, but uh, about making art. <clears throat> yeah, I don't I don't like to call, call myself an artist or or anything like that, but you know, when, when you do something that's from a person's mind or a group of people's minds, in many cases, um, you know, that's just how they interpret it. That's just how they saw it and whatever and like it or not. It's, it's what they, you know, so like, I know you guys, you know, were saying a lot for Zack Snyder and you're about his vision and whatever. And to him, it worked to us. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you. I'm like, it doesn't work, but you know, that's just, that's life, you know, and it's fine. And, and that's what I loved about, JJ Abrams with the last Star Wars we won't go down that rabbit hole but <laughs> I, I I know um, I know he was like look if you liked it or you didn't like it you're right you know that's just I was yeah. just my interpretation of it or whatever
1: Yeah I think that for me a big part of what we do on my podcast is uh, I'm al- I'm always looking for dissonance I'm always looking for the movie is saying one thing and doing another On multiple different levels and that that to me is the the way that I build the core of a story is is like the point that I want to arrive at and then the mode in which I'm telling the story are these compatible are the characters who need to present the final argument are they the right characters to present that or are they dissonant or are they dissonant to the kind of story I want to tell like there's you can always tell when something's really really good because everything works and figuring out the intricacies the the web of all of that and that's just on story level then you have a totally different thing with like set dynamics and the way actors interpret what you're doing and if an actor's not interpreting what you wanted at all uh, and they also don't want to change the way they're doing it that that can lead to you know so many just th- there's so many spinning plates that you know it's just watching a good movie is like watching one of those big domino uh setups with like a million dominoes and they all go off without a hitch it's like yeah that was basically impossible to do so I, uh, and i say this on my podcast all the time it's amazing movies get made at all so i can't Ever really shit on like the room, you know? Like he Tommy so got a movie into theaters. I haven't done that yet. Like I, <laughs> there's got something to say there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh so just real quick for people that want to check it out. What's the the name of the show?
1: So you can check out the Film Rescue Show. Uh, like uh, I don't actually we haven't really gotten into what that podcast is. So we review movies in the first part of the show. Um, and by review, I mean kind of more on a, like, film school technical level. We, we, we don't give numbers. We don't uh, – we're, we're not in it for, like, the, the you know, uh, public review game. We just kind of – we go into our thoughts on the film in the first half, and then in the second half, us or one of our guests, of which there are a pantheon, um, will pitch what they think the movie should have been. On basically a story, cast, and crew level, Um, it's a purely hypothetical imagination station kind of good time. Uh, I'm fully taking advantage of the fact that anything you imagine is going to be much better than the final project or uh, product could ever be. So keep that in mind. But uh, yeah, it's the film rescue show.
0: Okay. So and and is there like criteria for what uh, what movie? it can be or it just has to be bad or
1: no it the 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 thesis of the of the show is i'll talk to literally anybody um i've i'm i'm a big fan of organic marketing i don't like taking out ads i don't like making people pay for things uh that aren't going to you know benefit them or or anything like that so I I realized quickly, if I just bring a random guest on, they're going to show at least a couple friends, and if I get enough of these people showing enough friends, eventually I'll have an audience, and it has worked out that way so far. Um, But the criteria, I say all the time, I'll literally talk about Citizen Kane if you have thoughts on the movie and think you could improve it. Um, We do, by nature, end up talking about bad movies more, because bad movies tend to be more disappointing than good movies. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, no real criteria. We have, we have a list of films that are, uh, have been suggested by, um, Twitter and, and email people who don't want to come on the show, but would like to see a movie fixed. So if you don't have any ideas, I can always suggest them. And then, uh, we also have a list of movies we won't do, um, specifically because it's either been done to death or there's nothing new to say or, you know, anything like that. Um, for instance i won't talk about the room on film rescue show it'll never happen sorry it's just not not what we do <laughs> on the show we try to take um uh movies that have you know uh i, I don't want to say merit but you know coherent plot um mm-hmm. I, I, and I, you know i say that but actually if somebody wrote in a really really good fix for the room i would maybe bring them on i'm not going to lie i'm i'm very uh I'm very flexible on basically everything.
0: <laughs> um, now, and I don't know if it might be too early to say, but did I hear you're also working on a few other podcasts?
1: Oh, yeah, we've got. Um, yeah, it, it, actually, this is great timing, isn't it? Um, mm. So we the goal of the film rescue shows my podcast. It's the the Seth Decker podcast. Um, I own a media company with another friend and a few other people What's called, called? Mon- uh, Montressor Media. Okay. Um, Montressor as in the moon station from uh, Treasure Planet. Ah, uh, um, okay. Yeah, and the goal of Montressor Media is we want to build a really engaged um, platform and community for artists and creators to be able to basically – if if you're if you're if you're willing to do the work, we are willing to meet you halfway and introduce you to the people that we've met along the way. Um, so we have like a big Discord of previous guests from Film Rescue and and other projects that we've worked on, and from there we produce basically other people's content for them um, with the idea that we you help us. Build. We help you build. If you leave someday, you get to keep everything. It's all your own content. We're not here to like, you know, um, uh, machinima anybody out of their uh, hard-earned workings. But we just launched um, three new podcasts under Montrester Media. Um, The first one is Palette Cleanser, which is basically. Big huge air quotes A sister show to the film rescue show Uh literally it's just like The host from film rescue talking about Movies that we really like uh so that We have something else to talk about that doesn't Make us sad like when we Talk about michael bay movies Um (laughs) and i know he's got two Movies in the criterion collection listen I'm the first one to go to bat for the man but His films make me sad sometimes Um (laughs) yeah so that's palette cleanser Uh aaron moriarty Hosts that show uh, that one's just really low-key, kind of like this, just conversational, stay on the topic of the movie as much as we can, and just a, you know, good, like, come down from the manic energy that is the Film Rescue show. Uh, then we also have That Weird-Ass Game, where Jesse, uh, also a host on Film Rescue, uh, brings up and kind of talks about really weird games from our past, and... Um, Things like uh, Deus Ex and uh, Seaman and I think we're talking about Glover next. Um, So it's just kind of like a it's not it's not really a gaming podcast. It's just kind of like a hey, do you guys remember this weird fucking game? And that was crazy, wasn't it? Um, A fever dream podcast. And then the one that just got launched uh, today, as in June 25th, when we're recording this, uh, is called The Gavel. And this is like the big flagship baby. I'm literally not. This is the first project that I have no involvement in. It's just me as like a producer. Um, that it's it's a Dungeons and Dragons style RPG podcast. Um, but the setup is the characters don't go off through the world on adventures they all stay in one town and so it's kind of like law and order dungeons and dragons where there's a crime at the beginning and then they go into the courtroom to prosecute um really really unique setup i'm not an rpg guy at all and the pitch itself made me go like hell yeah i'd get behind a show like that so that's the gavel that weird ass game palette cleanser film rescue show all of those are under montressor media and we don't just do podcasts we also do like youtube and um, other things but you know it's it's kind of a project by project basis we want to help but we also like i'm not trying to take anything else on my editing load
0: (laughs) yeah so the uh i might have missed it because i was writing these down to make sure i uh, mention them later um the gavel is yes. a scripted podcast
1: uh so it is a role-playing um oh, like role-playing the, right, yeah, right, right. Th- there there is a there's an element of like behind the scenes scripted story that they're that they're telling it's um what is the description? it's like for anybody who knows about rpgs this is a less about the d20 dice rolling and more about the role-playing um it, kind of reads as like a radio drama at times but um there's also like music and sound effects it's like a full full full-on production that they're doing over there um but yeah so it's it's not scripted scripted but it's also following like a a season-wide arc and things of that nature so it's it's got more to it it it's technically a podcast but i would i would personally denote it as more like a radio show
0: Okay. So it's actually, it sounds like something, uh, we're developing, um, on our end to be a kind of, it it started out as, and I'm like many good ideas. I'm sure you've had the same thing as a joke and we (laughs) are or just like a fun title or something. And we're like, you know what, this could kind of work. And so we're, we're developing that now and kind of like with our short, we also were like, we can only do so much with the short what else we got and so we're kind of trying to in quarantine develop the uh develop this um it's scripted um and but it's going to be presented as if it's not scripted and what I mean by that is we're going to kind of make like a fake crime drama Mm. um and it's not even a crime necessarily but it's in that style of like interviews and you know like dateline or you know like one of those kinds of things but like obviously all audio based and um yeah it's like a it's a little more of like a rom-com esque or comedy type of thing but i guess in that vein of yeah different audio sources and stuff like that i like it so yeah thanks um i don't i don't want to like say the name just yet just in case we don't go through with it but that's something we're uh definitely working on
1: sure i understand
0: yeah yeah gotta gotta hold some things to the chest for a little longer you know
1: absolutely i'm i I used to be a guy that would be like oh i'm working on this project i case in point i showed you guys demos of an album to producers before it even came out um that used to be my my mo because i get excited for the things i'm working on and i i quickly realized that if i blow my wad too quick and tell too many people too much too quick i lose steam really really fast on finishing the project out to see it to the end so now i've against my better er, nature against my only nature uh kind of play things close to the chest and say hey i've got something coming up maybe uh but then it it makes it that much more exciting when i can reference it back and be like hey remember when i said i had something this is what that something is and it's a real thing now so it's happening
0: yeah no exactly and uh you know and and i mean at all stages but i'm sure especially especially at the stage that we're at you know things happen things fall apart a little bit things you know um and uh we we i mean we were talking about other things we had i had a and we may still do it I had this idea for a western And I thought that was going to be the follow up To the short I did And it turns out no we're going with this other idea We kind of pitched Or or uh, you know We came up with over Back in March or whatever And you know so it's just things happen You rearrange and it's like you kind of have to be um, Kind of go with the flow I guess You know and just yeah. roll with it
1: I see. I see these kinds of projects Like Legos if I kind of start building on something and then set it off to the side to go do something else. Sometimes that's beneficial because I'll come back and, and see that thing with new eyes or new ideas or new people who can, who can inspire me the right way. And that can be invaluable to finishing up the project that was supposed to happen five projects ago.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, I'm a firm believer in um, things having a funny way about coming out when they're supposed to. Yep. And, uh, this next project, which I can talk about cause we've, we've promoted it and we're cat. We've pretty close to casting it and stuff. It's more or less about like home security and home. And, you know, and like, we're kind of in this, um, renaissance of the lower budget, um, thriller. Oh yeah. But are, that, that are actually good. Um, I E I'm, I'm just going to say them, at least for me, they were good. Things like invisible man or Midsummer or, you know, uh, all hereditary, whatever, all these kinds of like middle road or, uh, get out, things like that, that I'm like, let's kind of get on that, you know, for a second. And we're kind of hopefully, uh, presenting our project in that way as well.
1: Nice. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, and it w it was one of those that like, It started out like like all things where it was just like this little thing and then we kept saying it kind of kept getting more and more heartbreaking the more and like sad the way we kept doing it we're like well what if this happens well what if this and this can mean this and like we were really like breaking down like story beats and we're like okay we have to do this next yeah Uh, it just felt right but uh i'm i don't know about you but i'm a big jason blum fan i think i love his work model of like keep the budget small keep the cast small um, and you have these like big, you know, and, and focus on directing in the story and let those carry it, not the big budget.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, his model is definitely working for him, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, because even on because yeah, his whole thing's based on like, you know, if every 10th one makes enough money for the last 10, we we broke even. Right. And. Right. And all 10 will have made something, so they normally come out on top. And so that's why you'll get, like, um, oh, a truth or dare the same year as Get Out. You know what I mean? It's like kind of two opposite ends of what that kind of project can turn out to be. Um, right. And I, I, I do really like that because I think, more than anything, it's an in for young filmmakers. It's an in for people who are ready to take on that kind of project um the, like the uh i don't know if you watch the hulu after dark like it's called after dark or something like that they're like horror hulu made for hulu horror movies is what i'm trying to say
0: okay i haven't yet no
1: um they're they're like all of them are like the micro version of the jason blum Uh, Kind of thing where it's like we're giving a brand new director uh, just enough of a crew to make a movie with these few like up and coming, like, you know, like D level actors. And some of them are really, really great. And some of them are mediocre. But I'm looking at it going, that's not far off from what I could do right now. And I would only spent fifteen hundred dollars on my last short film and if it's that close that's a good sign right like i'm not saying i'm going to make the next get out but like i don't know i could maybe do the next truth or dare and have a good time doing it you know what i mean
0: mhm mhm yeah we we've been having such a good time you know building so not only i i think we're in the similar boat that you are i mean you're you've been i know i guess we're we've been about in the same pace at it, but we're trying to figure out what's our identity as far as um, you know, a production company. So Toby moon productions, we're trying to build this name. They, they kind of came into it, Chris and Liz um, after I created it with Pat. Um, And uh, we're trying to figure out, like I said, what, what's our brand and what's, what are we trying to do? And I, you know, from the beginning, I was like, I don't want my name as the director on every single project because it's boring for other people. It's boring for me. Like, and I was talking to my friend Tariq on our last episode and I, like I was saying to him, I get just as much, if not more enjoyment out of helping someone else make their project.
1: Mm. Um,
0: and have since the beginning and obviously I haven't been doing this very long, but there's something to be, uh, valued with, um, you know, having somebody that obviously nobody's coming up to me with their ideas yet, but I've reached out to a few people and said, Hey, would you be interested in wanting to work on something? Maybe you can write something. Or do you have a short story we can adapt, whatever. Um, And I'm like, I want to help you make it. I don't want to direct it. I don't want to, I just want to help you make in different voices and um, diversifying the portfolio, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun to try to like, like I said, build a brand. And even with this audio drama thing i was like i kind of been writing it a little bit but i was like i want you guys to write it or i want to bring in somebody to write it like i'll i'll showrunner it i guess for lack of a better word but i don't want to like write every episode sure you know
1: yeah that that facilitator mentality is really 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 important um something that like i really i ne- i need first of all that kind of mentality from everyone i work with but i also need like a project first mentality i have been super super lucky that i haven't really had to work with any maybe more than one or two like divas you know what i mean people that Mm. have to have it a certain way and are not flexible and do not care about what other people think and um you know don't like listening to the authority figure like I, I think the authority figure is important but i think in general that facilitator mentality is the thing that makes things like happen it's how yeah. it's how they get launched it's how they continue going it's how they get brought to an end and i i think that the a bit, on on any larger project i've worked on a big issue has always been this just like This ego trip kind of thing of like, well, I've worked on this and I know things this way and I'm not open to anything else. And it's like, really? oh, Okay, but like, you know, you're missing out on like wild new experiences being that way. So I'm always like any I strike off to, to work on, you know, a larger project and then come back to my core group, I'm always like, oh, man, I'm home. Nobody here is like shitting on each other or, you know, <laughs> giving giving uh, crap for for ideas that they don't like. And I, I, I think that facilitator mindset is just that's how you really get forward. You, you know, that's a lot of people are going to look to people like you, people like, you know, my partner, Devin. Um, People like that and go, hey, that's a guy who gets things done. And that's like almost more important than the creative idea itself just to get right. something done.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it's it's just interesting, too. And like, that's why I've uh, always not always, but more recently, like people have asked me, oh, who's your favorite director? And it's hard to choose director, but I could tell you like who my favorite like producer is or creator is because that's what i've just kind of gravitated towards more yeah um and if you wanted to know it's jj J. abrams <laughs> um uh and uh i was just saying that last week too i'm like if i had to pick one guy who i would like not that i want to copy his career but like do what he's doing and like or is like a perfect summation of what i'd want to do it's probably him yeah um Obviously, no one does it like him, but in that ballpark, I guess. And uh, yeah, I just I, I like working on these projects. So whatever whatever job needs to be filled, preferably something with a little bit of a uh, leadership role. Yeah, I'm in.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I totally, totally get that. Totally feel that. You know who's popped up on my radar that I I, hmm. I guess maybe it was just me me being blind but um Brad Pitt as a producer has names on a lot of really great stuff
0: mhm and that's mm-hmm. just plan
1: b yeah plan b um i, I mean and, and he, I, he i think he produces basically everything he's in now but i mean he was like he was an exec on oakja i mean he's got you know he was a uh, exec on moonlight Mm-hmm. Um, 12
0: years a slave
1: 12 years a slave selma uh just you know you run back through his produ- production credits for uh imdb and it's just i mean the he was a producer on the departed yeah he's not even he, he's no like not even in that movie it's just a right just he knew he knows who to hitch his wagon to and i think that's looking at him like that i'm like obviously he's you know a a darling actor as well. And I think the man just loves movies and mm-hmm. yeah, I I've, I've really learned to look up to him lately of like, if I, if I had his caliber of mindset to know how to point at a project and go that and that team, that's going to go somewhere. I'll, I'll help that. That is like that divination is just whew, amazing to me.
0: Yeah yeah no he's someone I've I've uh been paying attention to more myself because pretty much anybody especially actors that have their own production company I always found it interesting not that I want to be an actor necessarily but like for some reason I just think it's really cool when an actor cares that much that they're that involved like oh I want to produce or co-produce this yeah um I I just think that's so cool, and like I've you know I start following any of them that are on Instagram. I want to know about them. You know I follow not only Jordan Peele but also Monkey Paul Productions. I follow you know I don't think Plan B's on Instagram, but if it was, I would follow it. You know I I want to be in it. I want to know about it. Um, and uh, you know I'm sure. Uh, what am I trying to say? I'm sure. You know, we can look back at it now and be like, holy crap, he he just kept stepping in shit with all these, you know, great movies talking about Brad Pitt. But like when he's, you know, getting piles of scripts, I just want to know what his thought process is to go. Yeah. You know what? This is going to be the hit. Oh, uh, you know what? This needs work or this is absolute garbage or whatever. Oh, I'll act in this. No, I'm only going to produce this. And like, I would just love to be a fly in the wall in his process, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or, um... Uh, Along the same thought process, actors who are writers,
0: Mm, mm
1: -hmm. Uh, uh, Rashida, Rashida Jones, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, most people know her from like The Office and Parks and Rec and stuff. She wrote a couple of the Toy Story movies. Yes, she did. Yeah. What? Where does where does that cross over? That's that's so cool to me. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think of his name. He's the uh, the main actor in the uh, creep movies. Um, uh, Michael
0: B. Jordan? No. Um, oh, Sylvester Stallone.
1: <laughs> no, uh, a creep as in the
0: uh, oh, creep, creep. I'm sorry, you yeah, said creed. It sounded like I sorry. said creed.
1: No, yeah, I'm sorry. That's Mark Duplass is where I'm going with that. Ah, uh, um, yes, yes, yes. Nothing the man can't do. Right. Like I just I I think I respect that more than. I don't I don't want to say more than, but I, I'm I'm finding my interest drawn to the kind of multi talented autorish types than someone who sticks with like one thing always and forever. And some people are seriously good at one thing always and forever. But um I, I think I'm just I find the other more interesting.
0: I absolutely do too. Um and uh yeah, it's fun. And like most recently i just watched um did you get the ch- chance to look at um the king of staten island
1: no not yet I saw, I saw it pop up but then i saw it was like 20 bucks to rent and i was like i might give that one a little a little longer this yes this corona pricing is killing
0: me lately yeah yeah I, I know i hear you that's why when things are like oh we're going directly to hulu i was like yes yeah. thank you um but no this one uh, it, it plays to what you're talking about because obviously pete davidson not only starred in it but co-wrote it um and then you know i think he executive produced it i don't think he's a full producer yet but he executive produced it, so his hands are all over it obviously right. it's a very true story to him or based on truth um with some like name changes and stuff but you know i think that speaks more volumes and it stands out more obviously was it the best movie ever no but was it exactly what it was supposed to be I would say yes it it hit it hit all the nails that it meant to um, it told a complete story I was satisfied at the end and I felt like he's lived that life it wasn't like an like almost I don't want to say it was like watching a documentary but it felt very natural compared to someone who read the script five minutes ago and now they're filming this scene and it has to pretend like they've been living this life all along, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, and especially when things like that are written for the actor's wheelhouse, you get way more nuance out of performance. I think, um, I love a chameleon actor, but I, I really like watching people live what they lived and maybe even, maybe even in certain scenes, seeing them, reevaluate the situation as it's being retold and and get something more out of it. I think that's uh, it's hard to pick up on um, but you know that's uh, a- acting and a- as a as a director, knowing what you're getting out of the acting and how it's gonna come across that's that's something I'm always keeping an eyeball out for. And so when I see these you know kind of kinds of performances where it's like, oh man, they're they're like they're reaching deep for something in there. Um, that's, that's the stuff I really enjoy watching.
0: Did, or, um, kind of going back to the question when I asked before about, were you always into film and stuff? So I guess now going forward, is that ultimately what you're trying to do or music or both or?
1: Yeah. I mean, I want to believe I'm never going to stop doing music. Um, I actually have some studio time booked, uh, next month just for, for funds, but, um, the, (laughs) the band thing is something that i chased down to the end that i wanted to the i guess the feather that i wanted in my cap and then from there i realized what was going to be involved to do it in a way that i could do it as a living and mm-hmm. and kind of vetted out all the different ways that i could have gone with it and and recognized that it would have been a fantastic profession But I just kind of stumbled from this, the podcasting world with, you know, I I don't have a film degree of any kind. Um, My background in film is 100 percent, you know, um, like uh, working with a Sony Handycam and things like that. Um, But this is this is definitely where I I want my career to go in in some way, shape or form, whether it's like I, I edit for my job that's my like actual uh paid gig right now and I do enjoy that I could definitely be you know an an editor in the future but I also have really enjoyed directing uh that's something I would definitely keep doing I like the writing process I could absolutely see myself you know writing scripts and and selling those to subsist but my dream goal uh, like we were just saying is kind of a mix of all of it I'd like to write direct edit Maybe act someday um you know I'd love to produce, I'd love to executive produce i I have a really good time with all of that uh so yeah this is this is where this is where I'm headed now, I think I've kind of it took me a while, but I kind of figured it out
0: yeah yeah it's it's uh definitely a um process, and it I think that's I one thing that, that schools don't necessarily make clear that um, it's okay to evolve yeah. because that's what we're going to do anyway. So, um, and, and kind of just change and like, just because you went to school for something doesn't mean you have to do it as a career forever or you didn't go to school for it. Doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. Um, I work with a guy who, um, he said, he's like, Oh, I almost went to film school. I almost went to cooking school. I almost did. I'm like, still can. Yeah. What, you know, what's, the only thing that's stopping you is yourself at that point, which I know it comes into money and things like that. But it, I think, look at it as how bad do you want to do it? Right. Um, But yeah, it's, it is interesting. I've, I've even, you know, through doing my podcast or or all of them, I've had a few now. (laughs) um, (laughs) I, uh, I realized that I genuinely like doing it, not just Hearing my own voice, but I genuinely just like having like conversations like this. That's why I've, I, because I easily could have said, Hey, Pat and Greg, do you mind if I keep going with Geek Cast and kind of made it my own thing or whatever? Because clearly I can talk about movies no problem. Right. But I was like, I don't want to do it without them for one thing. And two, there's so much to be learned by just having a conversation with somebody, um, whether face to face, like ultimately the goal would be to have any guests that could make it like be in the same room with me. I have the exact same setup for them, but this is great too, you know, like hearing somebody, like we haven't been able to catch up in a while, but kind of fell right back into it. And it's just like, interesting. I love just like hearing people's perspective and learning. And um, I I'm saying all this because uh, I recently have just kind of gotten a an interest in researching um, pho- uh, journalism mm. and not photojournalism, but also just journalism in general. And I've been doing a lot of stuff with Family Tree just for fun. And um, that's been kind of like my own type of investigating journalism type of thing where yeah. I'm like fact checking and doing all this and asking family and interviewing and all this kind of stuff. And. I'm like, do I want to do that now? No, I don't. No, no, no. I'm like, well, maybe I can take pieces of that and incorporate it into like what I want to do. And like you said, you like to research for scripts. So, okay, well, maybe I can pull that into what I'm writing. And you know, you you kind of become a mishmash of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that always the most um, interesting stuff too? Though is when you, when you get that like that mishmash of so many different things and it and the sum of the parts adds up to a to a very unique whole um i i think that's a, a really great way to go because like i started off with a psychology degree man like i didn't even go to school for music and i literally had a band for eight years and uh got all the way up to the signing process before i was like yeah maybe not um you know that just the shifting uh, career paths have got me to where i am though like if if i hadn't taken my psych degree i wouldn't have eventually moved to baltimore if i hadn't moved to baltimore i wouldn't have had the band members that i had if i hadn't had them i wouldn't have met the people that i now make films with like everything in its own time leads into its own thing
0: yeah is not that fascinating how that like plays out sometimes like there's things that i look back on you know, in the moment where I'm like, oh, you know, you always think, oh, I wish this thing, especially the bad stuff, you know, you you wish, oh, I wish this thing would have went my way or this thing would have went my way. And then time and time again, you just give it some time and space. And I realize I'm like, you know what? It worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. Mm. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. At least I can only speak for me. Um, you know, where I, I, wanted to move back to Baltimore from the moment I graduated college in 2017. I'm like, All right, I got to get back to Baltimore. I got to get back to Baltimore. And not that I'm saying I have no interest in moving back there, but now I've come to terms where I'm like, you know what? I didn't move back there. And that's okay because it meant that I was supposed to possibly move to LA next year with the friends I've been mentioning, right? you know, or it's led me on this path and been able to do that. And it's, I'm not going to say everything happens for a reason because I don't know if I like to <laughs> live in that uh, uh, what's the word um, predetermined path type of world. Yeah. But it's interesting when you look back on it. It's kind of like there's some merit to it. You know?
1: I, I think it's everything happens from a reason, right? You can, I think you can mm. always trace backwards. You never know what's gonna what's gonna come next. But I think the um, the uh, assuredness that you can have is that whatever is next will eventually lead into something that you love with Mm -hmm. the assumption that you're always going to go after the things you enjoy. Like, I love cooking. I could easily go to culinary school and have a a great time doing it and maybe even turn it into a career. Um, And if my life went that way, that doesn't mean I failed at the film stuff that I did in the same way that me doing film stuff isn't me failing at having done music. It's just, you know that those are the reasons that I got to where I am.
0: Well, it goes back to the, your Lego analogy, right? It <laughs> becomes just like a block yep. in the wall that you're building or your structure that you're building. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting. And it's something I said on the last episode, too, was just, like, my, my um, hunger, I guess, to want to keep learning and stuff like that. So I'm always fascinated, too, with people like i said and it plays into the whole conversation thing i just i love hearing different people's perspective not only when they agree with me but almost more so when they don't agree with me because i'm like okay well let's talk about your background that would have brought you to that point to have this kind of viewpoint um and it's just it's it's kind of cool to be like okay well i had this upbringing because i'm such a believer in you know the whole nature and nurture type of thing and how that can really affect people. Yeah. And uh, like like you mentioned, the whole uh, growing up in the Bible belt type of thing <laughs> versus I'm up here where, yeah, my parents have a recognized religion, but like I play no part in that type of thing. You know, right. that's just not for me. And so it's just, yeah, it's very interesting how uh, people's interpretation of things go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always curious of like, I like to get get a little lost in the ideas of like if I had first picked film school where would I be right now would I be doing any better would I have figured out that I like some other aspect of filmmaking and and gotten a career in that and then had not made the creative projects that I'm making now would I have done what I did with psychology and figured out that I don't enjoy it and uh, gone to do something else Um, you know, all, all of those things. And the reason I got into filmmaking again, if we're, if we're counting reasons because of my upbringing, um, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of movies. I wasn't allowed to read a lot of books that I wanted to. So my, you know, teenage rebellion was to enjoy those, those things almost out of spite. And then within that discovered that I really did love the things that my parents were preventing me from enjoying. And, and maybe, and maybe it uh, that made me double down on my love for movies and for different kinds of music and and for different kinds of you know art and entertainment. Um, and a lot of that has fueled me wanting to make it. Like they, they almost literally pushed me into the career that uh, that I want by preventing me from experiencing the things that come out of that career. I, there's some poetic irony in that
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely well listen i think that's a good place to uh uh put a pin in this one i like Um, it um i will uh yeah yeah i think it's a good end note but i wanted to give you a a second if you wanted to just do any last pitches or or tell people where if they want to follow you or the podcast or anything like that just uh go ahead
1: yeah absolutely i'll try to do this as as fast as i can um film rescue show that's my podcast Uh, We are we are going to be taking a month off, but the episodes will still be coming out uh, across July. So if you listen to it and think you want to be on the show, send an email in. I cap end all of the episodes with how to do that. Um, The other shows that we have under my media company, Palette Cleanser, which is all about really good movies, nostalgia for those movies, why they've held up across the years, things like that. Uh, That weird ass game is a gaming history podcast about very odd and strange games that have come out across the years. Uh, we are n- not leaving any console unturned in our search for very odd games. Uh, and then our newest show, the gavel is a RPG podcast radio show, uh, set in a D and D, uh, kind of magic world, magic police it's basically if bright was good if if you didn't like bright or if you really liked bright you'll also really like the gavel um (laughs) that's uh that's the podcast we have going on you can check all of those out under the montressor media banner we have a patreon where you can get to all of this stuff it's patreon.com slash montressor media um there's i think twitter handles for all of them i cannot for the life of me remember them all off the top of my head uh, and then if you enjoyed me as a person, uh, you can send me a tweet at Seth X Decker. Uh, that's also my name on, I think, all other forms of social media, including my letterboxed for my jokey film reviews and my uh, Instagram for photos of the food I cook and the cats that I father.
0: Wow, that was well said. Thank you. You're welcome. Um Oh, and did you want to plug your music?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, My band is called Is, Was, um, kind of Schrodinger's band right now. Uh, Young Poet (laughs) is the name of the band... Um, it's down to two members now is why I say that. So we're not like actively doing shows, but we are still, uh, making music, uh, from time to time. So you can check out young poet on Spotify, iTunes, where our album is streaming over all of those. It's called thrive in a modern era. It's been out for a couple years now, but it's still a bop. I'm very proud of it. Um, that was my, my big band accomplishment. And then I'll say it now, but no promises on when this comes out. I have a short film coming out called goldfish. Um, It's a little uh, throwback to Edgar Wright, Quentin Tarantino, heisty, fun films. Um, Got a little crime noir in there. Uh, It's in post-production right now. I haven't shown anybody any of it yet. So that's why I'm trepidatious to say when it comes out. But hey, maybe if you're listening to this in the future, uh, if if you followed all the other stuff that I said, Goldfish is the name of the short film.
0: Well, if it if and when it does come out i'd be happy to uh promote it for you so we'll uh we'll make a post about it i
1: appreciate that and then uh also open vin- invitation for you to come on to film rescue show if you want to pick a movie and pick it apart with us and pitch a uh, more perfect version of it
0: i know i got to i got to f- figure out what my movie is um i might be better off on palette cleanser if you're doing guest because I feel like I can easily say good things about one, then rewrite something else.
1: Sure. Well, and, <laughs> and, and I will reference that, uh, recently we did, um, Gattaca and American history X, which were both pretty good films. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, one is a great example of somebody just bringing in like an update pitch for the story, and then the other one is a really great example of us kind of just turning into a writer's room of what if you wrote a story in this way in this world, or you know, just kind of pitching ideas back and forth. The, the show is a fluid, so you don't feel like you have to tie yourself down to any one idea.
0: Gotcha. Well, Seth, thank you uh, for coming on. It was a pleasure to talk to you and catch up. Right back and, at you. Uh, it's been
1: too long. Glad we could... Uh, have a recorded conversation between us.
0: Yes. That we can listen to forever and ever in between actually talking in person, which, um, when the world decides it doesn't want to be in a plague anymore. Um, we'll have to, uh, plan to get together. I'll come down to Maryland or, um, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Hey man, that was Seth Decker. Thank you again, Seth, for being on the show. It was an absolute, uh, thrill to catch up and talk to you and, uh, Find out how much more we have in common. I'm glad um, you weren't mad about the uh, music video. and um, It cleared the air a little bit. I, it, I'm i not going to say it haunted me. I didn't think about it on a regular basis. But anytime I saw you once in a while, I'd be like, you know, he's probably still mad about that music video. But I'm glad to know that uh, you are not. Um, so he said it in the interview. But uh, if you would like to follow him, you can find him on the socials at... Uh, at Seth X Decker. Um, you can also find Montressor media, uh, on Instagram. I'm sure it's just at Montressor media. He, He said he didn't know either. So you can look it up yourself. Um, and then of course his main podcast is the film rescue show, which is just at the film rescue show on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, if you wanted to, Reach out to him in any way, and I recommend you do. He's a good guy, he knows his stuff. Um, And do check out his music, his podcast, his media in general. A lot of good stuff to offer. Um, I'm going to go finish that album and I'm going to go to sleep. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace and love.